This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Irish pubs have been closed for 13 months now because of COVID-19 restrictions. How have they survived and how will they recover? I'm Denise Callanan for In Focus, and today I'll be looking at the year that was and what the future holds for Ireland's pub industry. Irish pubs have endured one of the longest shutdowns in Europe. On March 15th, 2020, due to growing fears about the spread of the COVID-19 virus, then Health Minister Simon Harris announced pubs would shut for two weeks. All pubs and all bars in Ireland will close effective this evening until the 29th of March, in line with the time periods that we have in place for school closures. It's now over a year later and they are still closed. In this episode of In Focus, I'll be talking to one Dublin publican, Dee Costello, on how she believes pub owners and workers have become the forgotten industry. They haven't managed it. There's no vision, there's no roadmap, there's no interest. I'll also be talking to Irish independent public affairs correspondent, Amy Malloy. Amy has experienced her own personal loss due to COVID in recent months. I sadly lost my own grandfather to COVID-19 a couple of days before Christmas. He was 85 years of age. He was a very fit and healthy man. Like we're all given out about not being able to go shopping or get our hair cut or go out for dinner or drinks. But when you actually lose somebody to COVID-19, everything changes. Having followed the pub industry story since last year, Amy will give us some insight into how and why she thinks there could be brighter days ahead. I do think that once a large portion of the population in Ireland is vaccinated, that hopefully we will be given some opening dates and hopefully all pubs will be able to open together. One pub that has been shut for the last year is the Royal Oak in Kilmainham. Owner Dee Costello invited me to sit down and have a chat with her. We are very grateful to Dee and her partner Dave for taking the time out to talk to us because they're quite busy right now. They are the proud new parents to a beautiful baby girl. She's, she's 10 days old. Today. Oh What's her name? Aurelia. Aurelia, that is so beautiful. Well, you seem totally calm. So. As Dara, our sound engineer, was setting up to record the interview, Dave served us coffee and Dee chatted to me about growing up in the pub. She remembers spending a lot of time there as a young girl with the customers. She was just three years old when she pulled her first pint. I remember it like being up on a, an old lemonade crate and being able to, yeah, maybe I was held up as well. And I did my homework up here. Just sat here, came in from school, sat here and did my 
lessons with them. When the pubs shut in March 2020, it came as a big shock to Dee. We had a gig on the, the very end of February, our first and last gig. So the pale were here. It was five of them. And there were 70 people from here. It was mental, it was like the best. And yeah, we're like, oh, we should do that again. And then boom, a couple of weeks later, it's all gone. I didn't even realize how serious I don't know, I think we're all, I was definitely in denial, maybe a little bit of denial, or I just didn't think it could be. I thought it was a bit like SARS. The Royal Oak is best described as a country pub in the middle of Dublin. It's a cosy little spot and the walls are covered in photos and memories. I've had a few drinks here over the years and always enjoyed it because love it or hate it, it's the kind of pub where dogs are welcome. Dee and I sat down to have a chat and I asked her to tell me a little bit about her family-owned pub. So my parents came in 1972 and they were six months married when they opened on the 8th of December. And we were brought up here, so yeah, it's where I was reared. Now there's a third generation potentially, if she wants, we'll see. So definitely family run and there's some sort of comfort, especially in light of the last year, that, that hopefully we'll make it to the other side. So tell us about March 15th, 2020. What does that day mean to you now? So we had a normal Thursday, normal Friday and Saturday. The reality of, I suppose, lockdown was was coming thick and fast. And at half ten, the police came in to check who was here, how many were here. And I think that was the reality that things were changing at such a rapid pace. But we couldn't have contemplated where we are now. But however, on the Sunday, we decided 11.30, no point opening. It was game over literally game over by Sunday and we just thought it'd be two weeks, maybe a couple of more, but never <laughs> this long. So at the moment now, Dee, you're in a situation where you're waiting every couple of months to hear an announcement from the Taoiseach. How do you think the government have managed the whole hospitality sector, including pubs? They haven't managed it. There's no vision. There's no roadmap. There's no interest. I think it's quite clear besides a pub like this, they're not interested in uh, people who are dependent on, as a part time job as well. That, that's a serious amount of people who are employed, whether it be in pubs, restaurants, right across. There's no interest in those people. And at the end of the day, they're kind of the forgotten. We employed people on a part time basis, whether that be students, artists, they're all suffering. So I think the government, they've let everyone down. And I don't know if that will be reflected in the ballot box. You'd like to think so, but we'll see. So what would you like to see from them, Dee? Do you have ideas yourself of how they could improve your situation when you open these doors to the Royal Oak again? I think I would like to see trust. Trust in the industry, trust in people who run bars. Well, the vast majority are not just to make money and put people's lives in jeopardy or, or health in jeopardy. In relation to us, yeah, we have an outdoor space. But if it's over-regulated or it costs, you know, the insurance is so high that it's not feasible, those things need to be considered. So I'd like a bit of guidance on that, but it would also mean mindset changes. I think that's one thing that this has proven is the lack of vision. Back in the office, we chat to Amy Malloy, our public affairs correspondent. She's been covering the plight of publicans since the start. Amy lives in Wexford, so we sat down over Zoom and I asked her to take me back to the start of the story. 
Yeah, so the COVID-19 situation in Ireland escalated quite quickly. We didn't record our first positive case here until the end of February, but by March 14th, there were 129 cases. People have been told not to meet up, not to congregate in large groups. And there was a lot of talk at the time about pubs being closed. The O'Brien's at the time how creches, schools and colleges would be closing, but it hadn't been confirmed yet when pubs are going to close. Now, obviously, St. Patrick's Day was approaching a big day, like lots of drinking involved. So there was kind of uncertainty around it and I think videos started to emerge at that time of big crowds congregating in Temple Bar. There's one video of people singing Sweet Caroline and you know some of the lyrics are like reaching out, touching me, touching you and people were seeing this and they were getting mad. Healthcare workers were calling it out and that's when we're kind of seeing the hashtag close the pubs trending on Twitter. Insurance companies were even coming out and saying hashtag close the pubs and were promising at the time to keep their customers covered. It just kind of all escalated very very quickly on March 14th the government, the various pub groups all met up and the decision was made, look, we're closing from midnight on March 15th. Republicans thought, okay, this is just going to be two weeks. We're going to get the case numbers back down. Everything's going to be back to normal. But obviously that was far from the situation. Case numbers started to rise. At that time, footage was coming in from Italy of army tanks firing coffins and the situation just started to get really scary. And obviously the government then realised, okay, look, we're not going to be able to open businesses. We're not going to be able to open pubs in two weeks. And that's when we went into lockdown. And then obviously after a certain length of time, the government came up with this roadmap to reopening and kind of gave us all these dates about when they could see certain sectors reopening. Out of all the sectors, the hospitality sector really dealt with the most uncertainty at that time. And, you know, they were told you're going to be open on July 20th. A few days before that, the government said, look, this isn't happening. They had bought in stock. They had brought told staff you're going to be back working. And then they had to go back to the drawing board and plan everything out again. They were told August 10th you're going to be reopening. That got pushed back. And then it just kind of started to bear a lot of frustration for publicans. And around this time, you know, the footage of the Berlin bar started going viral. You had people having alcohol poured into their mouths and publicans who've been closed since March were looking at this thinking, this isn't fair, like, why is this happening? Um, so I think around the summer, it started to... There was a lot of frustration among the hospitality sector. And unfortunately, that's something which has continued right throughout the pandemic. So when we fast forward to December 2020, it was almost like, you know, a little bit of leeway was given to pubs and the hospitality industry for Christmas. But the results weren't very positive afterwards, Amy. Can you tell us what happened over the Christmas period and really in the last three months? Yeah, so like Christmas, there was a lot of lobbying by various groups, Vintners Federation of Ireland, the LVA, they're all calling for the hospitality sector to be allowed to reopen and trade. Christmas is one of their busiest times of the year, if not their busiest time of the year. You know, it's worth millions for the hospitality sector. Um, and the government announced that pubs that serve food and restaurants would be allowed to open on December 4th. Now, I think at the time... Like they were, the publicans were kind of pointing to the data and how it showed. Like I actually wrote an article myself at the end of November about how there had only been 22 outbreaks linked to pubs when they were open since March, and they were looking at this being like, look, this isn't where the spreads are occurring. This like you know pubs are safe. And I thought that too, like I, I advocated for pubs open myself because I thought that they should. When the second lockdown was lifted in December, case numbers were still quite high. Um, but obviously everything reopened, shops, like hospitality, and suddenly cases just started to spiral out of control and the whole situation just really escalated and it kind of showed, look, the government looked at it and thought maybe we got this wrong. Publicans realised, okay, look, maybe it's not that safe to reopen. And I think it 
just really changed perspectives for a lot of people. You say yourself, Amy, that you advocated for pubs to open over the Christmas period, their busiest period of the year. But you had your own personal experience in the last three months that really has changed your opinion on, and your outlook. I sadly lost my own grandfather to COVID-19 a couple of days before Christmas. He was 85 years of age. He was a very fit and healthy man. Like We just didn't think that if he got COVID that it would take his life. And it just really put everything into perspective. I know we're all given out about not being able to go shopping or get our hair cut or go out for dinner or drinks. But when you actually lose somebody to COVID-19, everything changes, you know. Before December, I knew very few people who had COVID. Um, The majority were just friends who were in hospitals as nurses or doctors. After Christmas, I knew about 30, 35 people who had contracted COVID-19 and obviously I lost my granddad as well. And you know, it was just a horrible experience not being able to see him one last time after he died, like the coffin having to be closed when you went into the funeral home and only being allowed to have a certain amount of people at the funeral was heartbreaking because he was a popular man. And I know in normal times, the church would have been packed to the rafters. Ever since then, I've looked at things differently. And like I met up with friends at Christmas for dinner who I hadn't seen since February. And I just felt so anxious for two weeks after. Like I met them for dinner and drinks. While I enjoyed it at the time, you just had that anxiety afterwards. Like, what if I have COVID? Like, what if I pass it on to a family member? And it takes the good and enjoyment out of it. So like, I know there's no dates for pubs or hotels and stuff reopening at the moment. It would make me think twice about kind of going out for dinner and drinks when case numbers are kind of still high, you know. There's a lot of fury and anger and frustration, I would say, Amy, amongst publicans and people in the hospitality industry. Is it fair to say that there's been a lack of structure or planning around the reopening of pubs? Is it fair to say that there's been a lack of a roadmap for this industry? Definitely. Like, I know last year they were given dates and I spoke to John O'Keefe, who's chief executive of the LVA, and he kind of outlined how it was really difficult being given dates last year and having them pushed back. That was quite heartbreaking for them to deal with. But now, this time around... They've no dates. Like, you know, when Michal Martin addressed the nation most recently, he didn't even mention pubs or restaurants. Like, you know, they were just completely left out of the equation and they were like, what the hell is going on here? And, you know, like this, like the hospitality sector employs so many people and so many people are out of work because of this. They're struggling to pay mortgages. They're struggling to pay rent. Some people are just quitting the hospitality sector altogether, you know, Um. So I think like they just need to be given some some assurances about what's going to happen moving forward. We are delighted with the outcome of this case. The High Court's decision represents vindication for Lemon and Duke and many other businesses. I would like to thank my In February of this year, the High Court ruled that four pub owners were entitled to compensation from FBD for business disruption caused by the COVID-19 virus. It should have never have come to this. I specifically have taken out business interruption policy to protect us against COVID-19 and its potential impact on our business. As the court heard during the trial, this was acknowledged in writing by FBD. We were forced to go through 10 months of deep financial uncertainty, significant additional risks in taking this action as well as extensive stress and strain to arrive at the outcome which should have been clear from the outset. We would encourage that was Noel Anderson, Managing Director of Dublin pub Lemon and Duke, speaking outside court after the ruling. Amy, can you explain this story to us? Yeah, so business interruption cover is basically a type of insurance that replaces income loss in the event that a business has to close due to a reason outside of its control. So this could be a number of things like a natural disaster, such as a hurricane, a murder on the premises, a fire, or perhaps the outbreak of an infectious disease on the premises or close by. And that's exactly what happened. So 
over a thousand of FBD's customers had a policy which stated they were covered for business interruption in the event of outbreaks of a contagious or infectious disease on the premises or within 25 miles of same. So on the face of it, anyone who had that policy thought, oh, this is great, sure, we're going to be closed like we're going to be covered while we're closed. But FBD, as the situation started to get more serious, they turned around and said, no, actually, you're not entitled to cover. And the FBD case, it was massive. You know, you had four publicans taking on this insurance giant. You know, we had the owner of Lemon and Duke, um, Noel Anderson, and his story was kind of the most um, hard-hitting because this was a man who actually sought out cover for coronavirus explicitly. He switched insurers on the back of representation that his business was going to be covered by the COVID, for the COVID-19 pandemic. And just as the situation got more serious, FBD, I suppose, kind of backtracked on this a little bit. Um, but the reason that this case was so massive is because over a thousand publicans across the country were had the same cover, but they were small businesses who could not afford to take legal action. So these four pubs, so you had Lemon and Duke, you had the Leprosound Inn, you had Sinnott's Bar, and you had Sean's Bar and Athlone, like four massive bars like that like are very profitable businesses and they took this case on um, for the little man as well as themselves, you know, and the fact that they won, um, it's a massive, massive outcome for publicans because now it means it might be a lifeline and they might be able to survive going forward but once they do actually get their money from FBD you know. Amy you're from Wexford where you're living and working at the moment what, what's been the story anecdotally in your own area like the story of the rural pub in Wexford are you aware of anyone in your in your own area that are struggling at the moment? Yeah, so I actually interviewed recently the owners of a pub just just five minutes over the road from my house, um, which is ideal. Um, but it's called Redmond's in Scarrowelch, and you know it's a pub that's been around since the 1800s. It's passed through six generations of the Redmond family, and it's more like a kind of a sitting room than a pub. You know, they open like. Um, wet pubs were allowed to open back in September for like a few weeks before we went back into lockdown and I went into Redmond's for a drink and it was kind of gas the setup you know like with social distancing in place you couldn't fit more than three people in the bar and you really saw how the COVID-19 pandemic was impacting places like this and they actually invested like 5,000 euro to set up a backyard barn out, out the back of the premises so that people could have a drink outdoors and social distancing could be applied and then suddenly we went back into another lockdown October and they were closed again and they've remained closed since and you know I was talking to the owners and like it's a real family place and it's a place where they've had the same locals for like 30 or 40 years and sadly they actually lost a couple of loyal customers um, throughout the last year and like when I spoke to the owner Teresa Redmond she was just saying it was just so horrible that we couldn't gather in the pub share our stories and memories of the people and just have a drink to say goodbye and she said that's been the most hard and difficult aspect for them and I think it's something which has been felt right across rural Ireland where pubs have unfortunately been already been in decline due to various reasons so it really has hit them hard and it was heartbreaking hearing their story you know personal care services like hairdressers and of course beer gardens and outdoor hospitality of all kinds and on monday the 12th i will be going to the pub myself and cautiously but irreversibly raising a pint of beer that was british prime minister boris johnson 
and beer gardens are already open for business in the UK. Can Irish publicans take any hope from the British experience? I'd like to think so. You know, um, I know earlier I was saying like I wouldn't like pubs to reopen until the, the situation is a lot more safer and there's a lot less cases. But, you know, we have seen improved vaccination numbers in the last week. We have seen countries like Israel where the majority of the population is vaccinated and their bars and restaurants are all open and trading as normal now. So I do think that once a large portion of the population in Ireland is vaccinated that hopefully we will be given some opening dates and hopefully all pubs will be able to open together because I think it's been kind of unfair how traditional pubs that just serve drink have been pitted against those that serve food so I'd like to think that they will be allowed to open together and then obviously we had that data that came out last week showing that 0.1% of COVID-19 cases were linked to outdoor transmission so that's one case in every 1,000. So, you know, people in the hospitality sector are looking to that and thinking, look, we know that outdoor dining is a lot safer. It gives a chance to trade. So I think there's a lot of food for thought for the government there at the moment. And hopefully they will reopen in the summer because we've, we've seen a lot of businesses being impacted and livelihoods are on the line. And I think, yeah, I, I'd like to think so that we will see pubs open later this summer. That was Amy Malloy, Irish Independence Public Affairs Correspondent. It's no doubt been a tough year for the Irish pub industry, but what's notable to me is that despite everything, Irish pub owners' love for what they do and their surrounding communities are giving them the strength to pull through. You've been listening to In Focus. Visit independent.ie for more podcasts from the In Focus team. Thanks to our producer, Mary Carroll, and sound editor, Dara Kelly.